Hey everybody, welcome to the third episode of the di Deviating... You do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Deviating Tangents, the show that answers the question, what happens when you give ADOLS a, a web show? What is ADOLS, Scott? Attention deficit... Oh look, shiny. It is really a show where we just never get back to the point. It's a show where we'll just go and go and go and go. And I'd like to formally apologize for there not being an episode last week. Uh, life just happened to happen and stepped on both of our toes. So there's a tiny week hiatus, but there wasn't anything stopping us from getting back to business as normal. So here we are. Yeah, it turns out vehicles are a pain in the butt. Yep, and registering vehicles with the DMV is, a, <laughs> is also a pain in the butt. But everything's good now. We we should be back on schedule. Yeah. Superpowers. Ever heard of them? Everybody's heard of them. Who wants them? And and what would you do with them? How would you use them? Would you be a good super? Would you be a bad super? Would you be Will Smith and Hancock? Would you just sit there and do nothing? I think it comes down to <laughs> what your powers were. Yep. Yep. I know that uh, the anime My Hero Academia like, really starts to, especially lately... Uh, has been getting into like diving into like the deep psychological factor of it's not just how would you use a superpower if you had it mm -hmm. but how your superpower would affect your life that's an avenue i don't think i've seen explored in, in very many things yeah like we've all seen the spider-man where where he just oh hey i can swing around on webs and stick things to things and crawl up walls but we, we don't really see how that affects his psyche. It affects his day-to-day his -day life. Yeah. Like, like, what would his house look like if it was designed around his powers? Would he have stairs? Would, would, he, would he just swing, sling web up there? Yeah, that's essentially the... That's the question I would ask, is um, how much would a particular power, like, start to change how you live your life right. and not to not to alienate people with the japanese anime but my hero does a really good job of like and sometimes it's like if you got like a if if powers were like bestowed at random hmm. imagine you didn't you didn't get a choice and what your powers were what if you got something that was just detrimental or something that could be taboo or, or just completely not in your lifestyle whatsoever yeah, like, what if your superpower could only be activated by ingesting somebody else's blood? Like, you have to physically harm somebody now to be able to make your powers work. And and is your power worth it to do that? Exactly. Um, and, like, what, what if it gets even, like, more broad? Like, what if you had, like... Uh, there's a character in the show. There's uh, Tomura Shigaraki. He's one of the villains. His, his quirk, superpower, whatever you want to call it, is called decay. Essentially, okay. anything he touches, he could just make it just disintegrate. Like, sucks all the life out of it, just as dust. So, the opposite of a green thumb. Yes, <laughs> quite literally. It's that episode of uh, Fairly Odd Parents with the, the magic <laughs> garden, and his mom's like, everything I touch dies! <laughs> But, uh, so... Hey, Dinkelberg, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to give my wife a celebratory <laughs> hand touch? But just, like, imagine, like, and 
I think he can control, so it's not like he has to wear gloves or anything. Right. But so it's like he can control whether or not it goes off. But it's like you have a superpower, but your superpower only breaks stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like we think about superpowers, and it's like flight, super strength, invulnerability, heat vision. It's like what? In what situation would heat vision really be useful? You would never need a microwave or an oven ever again. But if it's a beam, it's like focused on a point. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna burn through your, you're gonna burn through your hot dog. But you'd have to look at every yeah. particular square Rapid millimeter, every square millimeter <laughs> of your hot dog to be able to cook it. So just spin the hot dog. Just put it on a rotisserie. <laughs> so is your is your heat vision? Is it like a late? Is it like a, a line or is it like a cone? Uh, I mean, can you can you choose? It's, if if the guy can adjust the intensity of his decay hands, I, I would assume you can adjust the intensity of your your eye beams. What if your <laughs> what you if your squint really hard? <laughs> what if your heat vision? What if your heat vision was only like ten degrees above your body temperature? <laughs> so you just look at people and they start getting warm. <laughs> Like enough to be uncomfortable, but yeah. not enough for them to notice anything. Because it's not like looking at somebody, like looking at something makes it that temperature. Yeah. But like you have like the air interference and like air wind resistance. So by the time, so just looking at somebody is like, this is moderately uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that person is staring daggers at me. Yeah. Yeah, they are. That's what I like. What I like about superpowers are the ones that allow you to like think with your imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Lantern is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a big uh, DC fan, but Green Lantern's like the exception to that rule. I think he has the coolest superpower because the power is all in the power ring. It's the green ring he has that he has to recharge. Mm-hmm. So it's like he has to keep on top of his ring's batteries. And... Um, so it's not just like, oh, as long as I have it, I'm unstoppable. It's like there's a limit to what he can do with it mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, like beyond that, he can do anything. With the it. power ring is limited <laughs> to his imagination, which is why the, the Hal Jordan. I'm talking about the Hal Jordan one, not the John Stewart one. I don't. He can't fly, right? He, he doesn't have an innate flying ability. But I think he can like cover himself in a lighter than air hard light material right. that allows him to fly because Green Lantern can fly. Yeah, okay. So I, I was going, so assuming he couldn't fly himself, he could use the power ring to make a jet. Yeah. And then the jet can fly and or now he can Like fly. a car. That, yeah. So I think there's a specifics to this where you have to know like every, you have to know exactly how the right. thing works. Yes. So it's like if you made yourself a jet, you'd have to know exactly where every screw is, right. where every spring goes. Which then, I suppose, would give his power like like a, a detriment. Because, you know, you look at something like Superman, he can do anything just because. Yeah. He's, he's a very he's just Mary, a Mary Sue. Sue. Yeah. But with the Green Lantern, if he wants to expand his powers, he needs to keep learning. Yeah, and he has to, like, read a book. Yeah. And he doesn't have, like, he can't, like, flip through a book in right. an instant, like, the flash. He'd, he'd or have to actually yet. retain the information and learn it. Yeah. And, and let's talk about the flash and, and just how he's a stupid character. 
What's going on with the Flash? <laughs> so you mentioned that the Flash can flip through a book and immediately retain all the information. Yeah, right? Superman could do that too. So that's because the Flash moves so fast that that he can just read everything very quickly. His mind moves fast as well as his body. Yeah. Right? Why does he get hit? That's just for like writing purposes, because your characters, your characters can't be so overpowered that they're just perfect. No, but like if if he can see things fast, if he can perceive reality faster than anyone else, he should be able to see that punch coming, and he moves at the speed of light. He can get out of the way. Why? What? Why does he get punched in the face? I would have to like look up the specifics on that because I'm not the authority on the Flash. <laughs> but um, I'm also saying all these these things only having a tangential understanding of any superheroes. But like, um, <laughs> it's it's because it's it's a story first. That's fair. It's a story first, and then like a hard. I'm calling it a magic system, but it's a hard magic system second. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. And it's like. You have the Flash. He's so fast he can't be touched, and that's it. Your character's boring. No one's gonna buy your comic because there's no. I mean, to be fair, a lot of superheroes are boring, but that's not inherently their fault. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like a lot of these movie studios have have just jumped the shark and, and made everything about merchandising, everything about advertising. If you go back and watch the the original. Um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man it's very noticeable that they're advertising Dr. Pepper throughout the entire movie yeah <laughs> but you say that only having seen the first and second Spider-Man that has no bearing on what I said while that is correct that does not invalidate what I said Scott has not seen Spider-Man 3 he has not watched either of the amazing Spider-Man movies and, and I will still, to this day, say Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. <laughs> so that's going to get you some hate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people that like that prefer the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but I question how many of those people say that from a purely nostalgic point. That's fair, yeah. And it's like, I, I love the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, but I also like all the Spider-Men. Mm -hmm. Except Tom Holland. And it's not because he's a bad Spider-Man because he's younger than me. <laughs> and that means that I am now too old to be Spider-Man. But that has nothing to do with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I just hate that someone younger than me is, is Spider-Man. I mean, it doesn't have to be Tom. I love the kid. He's great. That doesn't necessarily mean you can't be Spider-Man. I mean, John Mulaney and Nick Cage are both Spider-Man. Yeah, but they're different. Spi I want to be the guy, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be like, I don't want to be the Nick Cage Spider-Man from What's spider wrong with Nick Cage? Nothing's wrong. Okay, a lot of things are wrong. <laughs> a lot of things are wrong with Nick Cage, but not I'm, the bees. I'm not... I'm not in a position to talk shit about Nick Cage, all right? Speaking of, I love Nick Cage, <laughs> but there's something. The lights are on, but nobody's home. I want to take his face off. <laughs> I love that movie. Don't even get me started about face off. I just love the concept. Imagine the pitch of that movie. Yep. Okay, so... I have a mo I have an idea for a movie. What is it? It's called Face Off. It's where there's there's this cop and there's this villain. They're like arch rivals, and they essentially switch faces with each other. 
and they have to live each other's lives. Oh, like Freaky Friday. Yes, but with guns. <laughs> and who are we going to get to be these characters? Well, we're going to, the bad guy turning good guy is going to be Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. And the good guy turning bad guy is going to be John Travolta. So we have to have one big Hollywood ego portray another big <laughs> Hollywood ego. It, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. I wanna... <laughs> Such a good movie. It's a, and it's, it's one of those bad, it's good movies. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a John Woo action film. It's just good. I, I mean, that's true for a lot of Nick Cage movies. Like they're not good, but they're not bad. Like, like I'll watch National Treasure. I'll watch Ghost Rider, but they're they're movies. I'm not truly like <laughs> I'm not truly immersed in this film. I'm very well aware that what I'm watching is a movie. We are legion. <laughs> oh yeah, now my pennant stare works on you. Fantastic, great. Such a stupid, stupid. I remember virtually nothing. I know the, the like the broad points of Con Air. I don't. I don't remember it. I, it was I might not where Nicholas Cage gets arrested and sent to like a high max security prison for beating up a guy. Oh, so like face off. Like within a, it was within a <laughs> within an inch of his life, or maybe he killed him. I don't remember. But like he was going to see. Like, I think he was divorced from his wife, and he was bringing his like five year old daughter a birthday present. Sounds like something Cage would do. And so, like, he's waiting in, like, in the rain, and the guy's, like, trying to, like, mug him. And mm. he's like, I'll give you whatever you want. Just don't touch the, the bunny, the stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. And the guy's just like, I don't, oh, I don't give a shit about the bunny. And he snaps and kills the guy or whatever. But all I remember, <laughs> it, all I remember is one line, and he has to portray, like, this southern drawl. Mm-hmm. And he's like, put the bunny down (laughs) that's the only thing i remember from this movie and yet i remember it fondly i i I like nick cage he's i love him i don't want to say he's a good actor but he's an actor i I enjoy watching i would have him on the show like (laughs) nick cage you can't have him on the show just after i said he's not a good actor (laughs) i want to see you and him fight to the death All right. Well, so episode four is going to be <laughs> celebrity death match. Oh, that we, we, we should bring that show back. Yeah. That, that was a fantastic show. And somebody think, donate us a large amount of money so we can remake celebrity death match. I think with the, the current political current celebrity climate, I think Celebrity Deathmatch would have a lot of material for decades to come. Oh, yeah, just from, like, the last year. Yeah. Or two. Or four. Five. Four and a half. (laughs) Since the show got canceled. Yeah, really. Stuff like that just (laughs) needs to not... Stuff like that, it's... Like, I get it. You cancel a show because ratings and how much money it's pulling into the studio. But it's like, when it's when it's a show that satirizes real life, yeah. it's like Saturday Night Live. It's like, it'll exactly. never go off the air. There's too much. There's always new material. Yes. Just look outside and uh, go, I can, write a, I can write a bit about that. South Park, from start to finish, makes a new episode every single week yep. just by looking, looking at real and life. And it's always a what happened to this week kind of yeah. episode. Yeah. Al Gore was rough. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's half man, half bear, half pig. <laughs> now I love when when shows do that thing where it's like they give like bad uh, proportions. Mm -hmm. Like a half man, half bear, half pig is one hundred fifty percent or one and a half. Yeah, it's like the Family Guy bit where they're they're in a race or something. I just remember uh, Meg and Chris. Uh, water skiing like water jetting across like a lake or across an ocean and all right and chris is like like, like mag can you can you let can you like loosen your grip your your nipples keep poking into me and she's like i'm sorry that happens when they get cold and he's like why are there three of them <laughs> she's like they're not two of them are moles that still doesn't add up <laughs> I think her voice actor has changed, but Meg's original voice actor was uh, Mia Kunis. I haven't watched it recently, but as far as I know, it's still... Is it? Still, I think it's still Mia Kunis. I, I, I thought she quit to do other things. It, anyway, um... I thought she would have to be fired because she would... Considering who she is, well, she yeah. would have to make way too much money for the show to be <laughs> profitable. Um, did you know that she used to play World of Warcraft? Oh, yeah. She, um... She had to stop using Ventrilo because she has such a unique voice. That everybody would be like... Exactly. Yeah, everybody would yeah. say the thing. Yeah. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, wasn't it you who was telling me... Well, I remember reading about it, and then you re-reminded me, like, months later, that uh, Henry Cavill almost wasn't Superman yes. because he was raiding. Yes. He, he, he missed a phone call because he was raiding, which I is love fantastic. Stuff like that. <laughs> I love that Superman... Yes. Like... Freaking Superman is a huge nerd. I just, I love that. I, it, it helps when these actors in, in these super nerdy roles are nerds themselves. Oh, yeah. Because that gives a, 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 a genuality, a, a realistic quality to to the experience. Yeah. Like, if, if, if Star-Lord was Nick Cage, that, that probably wouldn't, no. I think it would work better. But that's, <laughs> that's for a different reason. I'm not knocking Chris Pratt. He's a great actor. He's a great looking dude. But yeah. But like, I, like, now I want to see a Nicolas Cage Star Lord. Thanks. All right, all right. So maybe Nick Cage was was a bad example. But you, you know what I'm saying. Like you, you need a nerdy person yeah. to play a nerdy role. Which is why I guess we're going to talk about this. Yep. Um, since the last episode, there was a September Nintendo Direct. Mm hmm. What Nintendo Directs are, for those of you that are unaware, um, Nintendo, uh, essentially they do a live half hour to hour long broadcast of news. Mm -hmm. um, and with this most recent Nintendo Direct, they had announced that Shigeru Miyamoto came on uh, with the, I think the acting president, not the president, but whoever was announcing. I can't remember his name for the life of me. And he does like all the directs. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto, Mr. Mario, like invented Mario, invented the Zelda franchise, Donkey Kong, all that stuff, all the good stuff, all the stuff you remember playing in the 80s. For... so important to Nintendo, he's not allowed to bike to work. Exactly. He's like Mr. Mr. Big, essentially. But um, came out and made the announcement that Nintendo is working with Illumination Studios uh, to make a Mario Brothers movie. Which has Chris Pratt, speaking of, uh, cast as Mario. Um, 
And I love that it's not just Chris Pratt as it's the cast. It's the whole yeah. cast. It's Pratt as Mario, Charlie Day as Luigi. Which is going to be hilarious. That's going to be great regardless. That's like John Leguizamo playing Luigi in the original Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. It's like he could have done it. He could have done it. That could have worked. Which, which, for the record, is another one of those terrible movies that I still enjoy watching. That everyone hated. Yes. Like, everyone on the production team didn't like it. I mean, they were drunk the whole time. Yeah. Hoskins was, at the very least. But, um, no, it's got you got Chris Pratt, Charlie Day. You got freaking uh, Bowser's going to be played by Jack Black. We got is just fantastic. That's, just that, gonna, that's the movie right that's there. That's just pure fun. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen's going to be Donkey Kong and a bunch of other people. What I like about this casting choice is all of these people were young people mm-hmm. that would have grown up with an NES playing the very first Mario. Jack Black was actually in a commercial for the Game Boy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're surrounding yourself not just with nerds, but with people that fit the demographic of what these franchises, what these IPs were originally made for. Mm -hmm. That this is a movie for them. Maybe not us, not our generation per se, but give it 20 years, there will be another Mario movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And it will feature, it will be with people like us. Mm-hmm. It'll be what our Mario means to us or what our Zelda, whatever movie comes out. Oh, the Zelda movie would be fantastic. I wish that idea wouldn't, <laughs> would just stop getting kicked around. Like there's always like, it goes back to like 2006, or I think it was 2008, mm-hmm. where there was the April Fool's, the live action Zelda movie prop yeah. that went up and everybody was like losing their minds. Like, oh, it's going to be a Zelda movie. It's like that that came out on, on uh, you know April 1st yeah it's like that was clearly a joke it was a well-made joke but it's, I would have watched it so that that's the thing that I'm not super a fan of, of April Fool's jokes like that <coughs> um, not just because I, I, I don't you know there are some times where stories are very convincing that don't like, like at the end of the joke, they should say, "Oh, hey, yeah, this was just a joke." Yeah, and, and you know, so people don't misconstrue and, and say, "Oh, yeah, this is absolutely real," because there are some stories that come out on April first that are actually one hundred percent real that sound like jokes. Yeah, and and you know, if you can't discern what's real from from what's not real, yeah, then you, you run into all kinds of problems. One of my favorite examples, I guess we're still talking about video games. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite examples of an April, not an April Fool's joke, but I don't know if it was intentioned that way, but if you go back and play the original Punch-Out, mm-hmm. if you play through the whole campaign and you beat Super Macho Man, not to be confused with Macho Man Raining <laughs> Savage, ooh yeah, but um, <laughs> gonna snap and do Slim Jim! Uh, if you play through the entire campaign, you beat Super Macho Man, and you win, you beat the game, mm-hmm. there is a, the following day, or maybe it's even the same day, in the game, there is a newspaper that's printed with, it's like, new champion, Will Mac is your champion, beat Super Macho Man, mm-hmm. Macho Man retires, uh, dated as April 1st, 1987. <laughs> so it's like, oh, how much would that suck? And it's like... You legitimately beat the world heavyweight champion boxer 
but everyone's gonna think it was a joke. And like you, you beat the odds to beat this guy. Yeah. Everyone's gonna think of it as a joke. And then you go on to fight Iron Mike Tyson. Right. And and there's a tell in the background of when you can hit him that apparently wasn't found until like thirty something years later. Mm. Uh, a lot of those old classic games are are. There's a lot of things hidden in them that people just don't see. Yeah. I've been watching a couple of videos on um, diving into the code of old games. Yeah. Like the actual machine code and, and not just I the... I love how simple they yeah. had to be designed because yeah. you didn't have space. Yeah, exactly. So the entirety, the entirety, every single game ever made for the Nintendo Inter- Entertainment System, less than two gigabytes of space. Every single game together, less than two gigs. Yep. And that's like all the, the 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 dozens and e- all easily, of the shovelware. Easily yeah. talking like a hundred fifty shovelware titles of garbage. Yeah. yeah. But you know when each game is is thirty two k sixty four k, you know that that doesn't take a lot of space. But the amount of things that you have to do with that space is just insane. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, screenshots of the original Super Mario Bros. that take up more disk space than the entire game does. Yeah. And and that's just mind-boggling. That's like that's what I loved about Flash. Yeah. I missed Flash as like a rendering asset, simply because like you could make games, mm-hmm. like games. They were simple, mm-hmm. but they were serviceable, and like all the assets, all the commands, all the controls, like. 13k mm-hmm. 13 enter newgrounds and that's how newgrounds got big that's how homestarter.com made an empire was mm-hmm. like mixing i was watching a video about this the other day i'm gonna see if i can find it so i can properly cite uh congregate albino black sheep uh, just, just all of those old flash websites i miss congregate Thank you for reminding me of like a part of my childhood. That's like now I'm like upset because. All right, where was it? It's... I, I used to spend you know hours playing old flash games, stick RPG. That's what we have to do this. Uh, uh, defend your castle. I liked. I I love games like that. Um, and fishy. I would spend fishy? hours playing fishy. Fishy re- always reminds me <laughs> of. Uh, I guess I confused it a lot. Fishy always run. Where is this? For those, it's this is an audio show, so you wouldn't know. Oh, here it is. Uh, Lord Ravenscraft on YouTube.com. The video is called Homestar Runner: How to Master a Dying Art Form. Uh, it's 26 minutes and 23 seconds long, so it's a bit lengthy. But I mean, you're listening to our show, so you've got time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so if you're ever interested in, uh, like, this is a really good video on, like, like paying tribute to homesurrender.com and all that kind of stuff, which I fit into, like, the micro-generation of people <laughs> that know what that is. So bonus points. I'm going to start awarding bonus points during this show. They they can't be cashed in for anything later. They're absolutely pointless. But they'll make you feel better if you collect them. It's like a gold star, but without the gold star. Compete with your friends for the high score. Seriously. But uh, I'm going to start handing out like bonus points to just to people who know the really weird 
like specifically oddly acute shit the, the, that we start talking about. Super obscure references. Yeah, the, the stuff that, that that even we don't fully understand. Yeah, that's like if you are part of the micro generation like me that knows what homesurrender.com is, you guys award yourself ten bonus points. <laughs> and and Newgrounds was a a jumping off point for a lot of people. Oh yeah, like like. Oh hey, I'm just making shitty flash games, but now I'm you know an actual AAA game dev. There's a lot in animators the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually watching Cass Vanderpool videos right before this, and he did all of the Disney and Pixar recap films. They're all like four minutes, but like the animation and the writing is like really good for mm-hmm. all of them. And you have like um, the comedic timing is fantastic. Yes, they're as well. really good. So somebody, somebody that knows casts, like tell them like those are those are good. Those are good. Be like keep making them. I think that's his only way of making money. So of course you're gonna keep making them. But but like then you have like uh, people that became like business tycoons. Mm-hmm. Maybe not tycoons, but like were able to step into their own businesses. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of new grounds, like Ego Raptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, made he had like the awesome series on Newgrounds. Mm-hmm. YouTube started to be better than Newgrounds, so when it came to animation and movies, everybody flocked to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then from that, like he was still making awesome series cartoons, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm best friends with this guy who shares a love of video games, so I'm going to make a video gaming show because Let's Plays were starting to get popular." Mm-hmm. And now Game Grumps is a thing and he owns a business. Mhm. He owns and is a business. That's just really cool. And and look at Ed McMillan. He he started off as an indie game dev, and then Meat Boy took off like storm. Yeah. And and now Binding of Isaac is is about to release uh, its what second expansion on on I'm, console? Something something like that. No, I just hope the time comes. Like I, there are a lot of animators specifically on Newgrounds that have been doing this for like 10, 15 years now. And a lot of them are just, like, so different and just, like, better than what you see in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I want these animators to, like, get con- get contracted with Disney or mm-hmm. get contracted, you know, <laughs> like, by an independent to, like, make their own movie. Because mm-hmm. I think that that would do really well for, like, the cinema space. You know what I haven't seen in a while that... that as far as I know, has never been in mainstream media. What is that? I really like sprite animations. So do I. There's an odd nostalgia yeah. to sprite, to like sprite maps. So like, I, I used to love uh, Four Swords Misadventures, which is set in some Zelda universe with four different links, but it's all sprite work. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. I, I would love to see an actual feature-length movie that's just 8 and 16-bit sprites. Yep. So would I. Uh, I know there was 8-bit theater. Yeah. It was very yeah. similar to that. But it was all like Final Fantasy stuff. I don't remember for certain if they were ever in tandem with the guys who did the the Final Fantasy D&D role-playing misadventure or was the I I attack the darkness (laughs) I am Galstaff sorcerer of light how come you had to cast magic missile 
Are there any girls there? I don't, you don't, you're not there. You're getting drunk. <laughs> well, uh, if there are any girls there, I want to do them. I, man, I miss Legendary Frog. I love Legendary Frog. I think we all know what we're talking about when we say, <laughs> anybody who knows what Legendary Frog was, again, 10 more bonus points. <laughs> and I know when I say Legendary Frog, you and I are probably thinking of the same short. We might not be because I've watched all, oh, I, I am now. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Come, Genny. <laughs> <laughs> there are hungry mouths to feed. <laughs> oh my God. No, so you said Legendary Frog, and immediately I thought of uh, On Random Battles. Hmm. Uh, good choice of party members, Cloud. <laughs> Aerith and Tifa, they're hot. I need to, I need to, <laughs> I need to find all those and uh, watch so, them again. So good, so good. And 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 even the the not directly video game related stuff like he has uh, all your pie, which is you know just just Ark and Kerrigan, um, Kerrigan being from StarCraft but not not really, and Ark being his own OC. Yeah. Um. So Ark just there's a pie on a table that Kerrigan made, and Kerrigan tells him not to eat it. Kerrigan goes off screen. Hilarity ensues. I love when you can set up like a premise with like very little detail. Yeah. It's like, I did a thing. Don't do this thing. Okay. And then five minutes of content comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, what made Homestar Runner so cool was like every character was really not that dynamic. Mm -hmm. You had... You had Homestyle One. Oh, he's a terrific athlete. And then you had the the, the punching glove wearing, email checking strong bad who is just the heel of the show, and he's mean and he kicks it. He makes fun of his dumpy little brother and kicks the <laughs> cheat around. But like everybody was very one note. Mm -hmm. Nope, shouldn't have done that. Gonna start coughing. <laughs> so. I've actually not seen any Homestar Runners, so I really don't know what he's talking about. So if you do, that's another 10 bonus points. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're missing out. Yeah, I, I should go back and watch a bunch of things. There's there's just so much of, of the... I don't want to say early internet, but I, I guess that's kind of what it is. The, the early internet days, that the early days of, of user-created content. That's really what it is. And I think I think we're going to see a, a new renaissance of, of user-created content in the near future. I mean, we realistically, you can't go to YouTube anymore. And find something that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. And and if it's been done, it's been done by, you know, tons of different channels. You have the originator of the thing. And then somebody came along to copy his fame mm -hmm. and did it worse. Mm -hmm. Which angered somebody else entirely into doing it better than the original guy. Mm -hmm. Who they didn't even know existed. And then you have other people who happened to like it being done worse and then just took that to the and extreme. And then they copied it. Yep. That was the angry video game nerd stuff. And I I almost full-heartedly believe that's how Let's Play started. I believe it. Started with 
James Rolfe in Cinemassacre, I think. How great is AVGM? Wonderful. Like, I think everyone with, like, a long-standing history of YouTube gaming or YouTube media creation Hmm. or anything that, like, anything surrounding video games for at least, like, six years or older knows and respects the AVGM. And, and like, we all love games. It, it's hard not to. They, they offer, you know, great escapes from reality, just just things you can't do. And some of them help with, with emotions, some help with learning. Yeah. Just, they're fun things to experience. That being said, some of them are frustratingly difficult for completely stupid reasons. Whether the, the game was just made too hard on purpose, or there is a bug that prevents the game from being completed. Just just things that frustrate you. Yeah. And you, it, it's fun to talk about sometimes. And with the case of ABGN, to embellish that to the point of absurdity. Yeah. That was like a lot of people's first... Uh, like, that was the one of the first concepts of a show where you're putting on this veneer mm-hmm. to just like... It wasn't one of the first. Okay, I'm, I may be seeming like nothing existed before this, <laughs> but in as far as like YouTube creator content, mm-hmm. amateur filmmaking, it was a good mix of comedy, charm, time, effort, subject matter. That is what makes mm-hmm. Angry Video Game Nerd so special. I'm not saying that there aren't better things because there are. I'm not saying there weren't good things before that, because there were. But he was this magical butter zone of everything colliding in the perfect place. Mm-hmm. Which is why he's. Which is why I say ABGN, and people know who he is. He's pro- prolific that way. Mm-hmm. So many great bits, too. I'm worried about his bowel health. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's fine. He's got the the, the Jaguar attachment. You know, the, the, the one that looks like a toilet. Yeah. That that they hardwired into the machine to try and get it to work, and it still didn't. Yeah. You want to talk about that for, like, 15 minutes? <laughs> uh, add-ons for game consoles that we either didn't get or didn't so, work? <laughs> some of them are cool. Like, like I like the idea of, of a modular system and, and building on existing tech. Um, the the Famicom had a disc system. Yeah. So it, it's it's a cartridge based system. The controllers are hardwired directly to the system. You Which can't was cool. More. But now you can plop a disc system on there and 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 like do your taxes. Yep. Like like actually do your taxes. There were a lot of a lot of the first video game. They weren't even video game consoles. They were entertainment centers. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you could do multiple things with them. They weren't video game consoles. They were family computers. So, so like, the ColecoVision and Intellivision and all stuff like that, those are actual computers first, gaming consoles second. Yes. Because there was, I think it was a ColecoVision that was uh, in, I think it was National Lampoon's Family Vacation, where Clark's trying to, like, plot, like, on a map, like, what route they're going to take. <laughs> And Russ is, like, chasing him around with (laughs) Pac-Man. 
I I like programming. I don't do it enough, but I like programming. And I like that the old ColecoVisions, Ataris, whatever, to play these games, you had to actually program them in yourself. Yes. And, and that was either accomplished with typing out the game yourself entirely and, and making sure you don't have any typos, or like loading it from a cassette tape where where just the different sounds correlated to different keystrokes. Yeah. And and you could copy games just with a tape recorder. Yeah. There was a what is it? In my grandparents' basement. Sounds really weird. <laughs> there is a uh, there is a I believe still functioning Atari twenty six hundred. That is the oldest console I am familiar with. Uh, anything before that, like the family computers, like you were talking about, like the ColecoVision and stuff, mm-hmm. which I think we also have, but I have never played. Um, when it comes to stuff like that, I was never versed in that kind of stuff. Like, I was born in 95. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain point where, like, the, the expectation of my knowledge for old <laughs> technology is going to taper off. And that would be that point, like... Atari 2600 and its later variants and then gaming consoles from there I am pretty knowledgeable on but when it comes to stuff like Intellivision and ColecoVision anything with a vision on it yeah that, that's about the extent of my knowledge as well my, my first system that I actually played myself was the Nintendo Entertainment System so I, I didn't have access to any of the, the older things they just weren't really a part of my life. Yeah. And the N64 was like, I think yes. that's really what our yeah. first consoles yeah. were. Yeah. The, 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 well, so the first console. Maybe not how you were introduced <laughs> to gaming, but like the, the first the, console for me and my siblings yes. was the N64. And, and the first game I, I ever played on it was Banjo Kazooie. And I remember, um, my dad set it up because me and my brother were just stupid kids who didn't understand how to plug things in. Looking back at it now, it's like super easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, we load up Banjo Kazooie, and you know, Banjo is talking, but we see words on the screen, and he's just going go. And my dad asks, "Is it supposed to be making that sound?" And my brother and I, absolutely, yes, uh huh, yep, absolutely. With no context. No context whatsoever. We had no, never seen this game before, had no idea. We just wanted to start playing. It turns out that was correct and it was actually supposed to be doing that, but we had no idea of knowing that. Thank you, Grant Kirkhope, for making those <laughs> sound effects, by the way. How easy could it have been to really just, well, actually, back then, I don't know how easy it would have been to incorporate yeah. voice acting. Especially with, with space limitations. Yeah, was it doable? Yes. With as much text as in that game? I yeah. don't think so. Especially making it sound good for Gruntilda's yeah. rhymes. Like, you have... Like, because, like, the N64 came out with Mario 64. Mm-hmm. And the very fir- one of the very first things that happens is you get uh, Princess Toadstool doing the... Dear Mario, come, mm-hmm. please come to the castle. I'll make the cake for you. That you never get. That you never get. Or do you, I think you get it at the end of the credits. Oh, it's just like a, a JPEG file of cake. <laughs> but um, that's the only like voice acting in the game. That's the only yeah. like text line that isn't sound effects. Like 
Bowser's laugh or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. No, the the first system that was that was mine personally was the PS One. Yeah, and and not the the launch model big gray bulky thing, but like the the smaller more portable one. I loved the the original spaceship PS One yeah. model. I loved that thing. The first game I had for that was Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage. Ripto's Rage. It is a fantastic game, and if you haven't played it, go play it. it, it it's in the, the Spyro Reignited. Yep. Um, which, so Spyro 2 did not age well from a graphical perspective. The game looks terrible. However, I prefer the design for Ripto in that game than I do over... Um, reignited yeah because <laughs> with a higher level of fidelity like yeah the room for your imagination goes away because yeah. everything now that's just how it is it, it, they they kind of change his personality as well mm. like he's he's yes he wants to take over and and rule this world but he's kind of a bumbling idiot yeah whereas in reignited like no, this is the villain. He's here to take over, and and nothing will stop him. Yeah, I don't. It, eh. Yeah, what is it? Um, I remember because I didn't grow up with Spyro. I didn't really grow up with a PlayStation. Um, my first, I think my first instance with a PlayStation was actually the PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. And it was to play Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> and that prompted us to go out and get our own PS2 mm-hmm. to buy like three different copies of Dance Dance Revolution games, two dance pads. And my brother and I did that like exclusively for a year. So so here's a thing that is a terrible idea, but I still want us to try it sometime. Go to the mall and play Dance Dance Revolution. Maybe eventually. <laughs> Let's set up both Dance Dance Revolution and Rock Band at the same time. Hmm. Hopefully playing the same song. And and just dance and play and and try not to bust our asses. I mean, I have actual <laughs> instruments. Well, I mean, yeah, but I I don't I don't know how to play instruments. Well, I know how to push colored buttons. You should, you should ask me how if I could teach you how to play different instruments and I would show you. But I like the colored buttons. So do I. <laughs> Guitar Hero was really on to something. That game sold very well. Oh, yeah. It, plus, like, there's a never-ending stream of content. Yeah. But the, the only issue is, you know, licensing. So, yes. Um, it's funny you should mention, like, the never-ending stream of content. I watch... There's a YouTuber I watch... Uh, if for for all of your music theory needs, um, someone should tell Matt that. No, <laughs> please no. I don't want that fourth corner ever filled in. Uh, but it's a YouTube user named Twelve Tone, where he just talks about like nitty gritty specifics. Actually, he has a Patreon where people will like suggest songs for him to talk about mm-hmm. and why they feel and sound the way they do, and he explains using music theory why this song that sounds this way evokes this type of emotion right where he was talking about how and i'm gonna make a lot of people angry by saying this 
about he has a video where he talks about like think about like classical composers mm -hmm. like I was gonna say Bach but he's not classical <laughs> he's Baroque period which is right before classical but think like Mozart all right Mozart Beethoven was a little later but I, when I say classical for all the people that are actual music theorists I'm encompassing like 500 years of time I'm not talking about late classical, classical, Baroque, and like all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like a bunch of different people. But like specifically, if you think Beethoven, if you think Johann Sebastian Bach, if you think Mozart, we think of them to this day as the greatest musicians that ever lived. We are told and taught that this is the case solely for aristocratic reasons. Fair. At the time that they were alive and composing music. This is a bit of a history lesson. Um, at the time that they were alive and composing music, was that was how they lived. They made money being paid by an artisan to essentially work for them and write sonatas and symphonies and movements. Mm -hmm. And that was their job. That's how they made money. So if you think of them as true artists, they were doing it for bank. So it's not like, oh, they did it for the love of music. They did it for a paycheck. <laughs> and the reason why we, we are told that they are such great composers is because the rich people that paid them to make the music they make, to make music that they wanted to hear, mm -hmm. essentially had the money to archive this music and put it up on a pedestal as saying, we're so cultured, us rich people, yep. we can afford to listen to this music that we had made specifically for us, while you peasants and all of your folk music, that's just common trash, which goes it up all the way into now. It's like, you have people that still complain about, uh, classical music is only, it's, it's the truest form of art, and only mm -hmm. classical musicians know uh, how uh, strong music can actually resonate with the no music is entirely subjective there's no mathematical <laughs> reason for anything in music and what's the best part of all this is if they were alive today if Mozart were alive today Beethoven Bach they would be flabbergasted to know that their music had survived that long because the going the going belief in theory was that music should just be a product of its time and then forgotten about. We live in an age where literally you can listen to music from any time period as long as we have the original footprint for it. And music is forever now. And it's just hilarious. I want I want Mozart to, to compose Cake by the Ocean. <laughs> it's just, just because... <laughs> No, uh, so speaking of, of rich people and, and like, oh, hey, we, we can do anything we want and, and we're going to buy whatever we want. Um, did you hear about this artist who um, I think it was for... Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> Let's talk about this because I want to. Uh, so this is a fantastic story. So I think it was for a museum. Uh, they, they contracted this artist to make them a piece of art and paid him $84,000 to do it. Well, so how it actually happened, they gave him yeah. $84,000. It was, a, I think, a, it was like a Northern European country. It's not here in the U.S. Yeah, something like that. Uh, where the original anticipation was that the money was going to be incorporated into the piece. Okay, that, that changes things a little, but 
I mean, it, it still fits, and it's still it, hilarious. Oh yeah, the the, the foot, <laughs> the boot still fits the model. So the the name of the piece is called "Take the Money and Run." It's a blank canvas. It's two blank canvases. It's, it's two blank canvases. They commissioned All two right. pieces. All right. Okay, that that makes it better. I think that is absolutely fantastic, and and is like the truest form of art oh, out yeah. there. But like, he got paid to troll them, but. It's not they really a troll, troll because like art is completely subjective. So this is art. It, it's it's performance art, but this is actually art. So what I hate about this situation is the museum is moving into litigation, which which is understandable but silly. No, but here's the stupid part: they're still displaying the pieces. <laughs> they're still making money off of people coming in to see these pieces. So they're not only gonna they're not only gonna bring him to court for the money back, but they're still displaying his art to make more money off of it. That's that's fantastic. It's horrible. <laughs> But no, what he did to shaft them first, oh, absolutely wonderful. The, I, I, I want to get away from saying, you know, shafted or screwed over. Because, like, he delivered what they asked for. Oh, yeah. It's just, they, they weren't Not clear the way they, they wanted yeah. it, though. <laughs> but he he's using the argument that with, with a, a contracted work, mm-hmm. uh, there is potential for breach of contract. And that's what he did. I don't it's know. not that he didn't deliver what they it's not that he didn't do his job it's they didn't deliver what he wanted but he is done so the contract is technically breached it's a weird litigation situation right now it'll be interesting to see in the courts but but i i fully support this artist oh so do i <laughs> just, just the name of the piece is fantastic i love it love it love it love it like he, he got you know the, the Mona Lisa girl with earring take the money and run <laughs> I think it's the girl with the pearl earring whatever the scream yeah I want to go I want to like make a bunch of art pieces to install in like these famous art museums mm-hmm. that are like another like a lost addition to the original piece to make sense of it like I want to paint a picture of the scream mm-hmm. but his feet and there's him stepping on a Lego. <laughs> All right. Like, that's what I want to see. So so some of these art installations... Um, I read a story about the, the, this group of people went into some museum, put a banana on the floor, and left. When they came back later, the banana was in a glass case. I thought it was a... This might just be a different instance it, of that, but I I'm remember sure. it with a pineapple. It might have been a pineapple. I, I don't know. The story is still the same. Yeah, it's... I love that, though. <laughs> they came back a day later, and it was <laughs> on a feature under glass. I was like, oh, all right. Just, like... I don't understand art, but I, I think the whole art industry is silly. It is anything i don't think people should be away be able to get away with claiming what high art is so if if we're gonna go around that that route there um so a lot of these art auctions are money laundering and and uh tax evasion for rich people 
So like you can have an appraiser come in and say, oh yeah, th this painting is worth, you know, $20 million. And then you can, you know, donate the painting to a museum. And now all of a sudden you've made a $20 million donation to this museum. Yeah. The paint costs, what, five bucks? Well, more than that. I don't know if it didn't ever... cost twenty million dollars. Yeah, I don't know if point. you've ever tried painting in oils. Like just getting set up for that can cost like forty bucks. I, I, I don't care. But yeah, not twenty million dollars. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Plus, like, like it's art. It's subjective. It, it yeah. means different things it to different people. It should be priceless. Yeah, and and not priceless like oh hey this there's nothing else like it. You can't. No, it's unquantifiable to put a price yes. on it there's a difference between there's a difference between priceless and worthless and both yeah. e both total to zero yeah like priceless is when you it's like ad infinitum it's mm. like this is somebody's emotions it's their blood sweat tears and time mm -hmm. went into this piece there's you can't pay enough money to afford the feelings that went into this piece mm -hmm. And and on the same token, what what is that worth to you? What, exactly. what are you willing to pay for this? And is someone else willing to pay that same amount? Yeah. Odds are the answer is no. Which is why like buying art doesn't make sense to me in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a friend who's an artist, and I've I've commissioned works from from her before, and I've paid her. But like, that's a vastly that different, is different thing. You're yeah. not you're yeah. not buying something that is already that is pre-existing. Yeah. You want you want something specific, mm. but that something specific does not exist in a form that you can get your hands on. Right. So you go to somebody with that talent. To be able to say, can you make me this? Right. And and, and I'm paying realistically. You're paying for a service. Yeah. But whatever she wants to charge me, that's what I'm going to pay. But, like, we both know it's not worth $20 million. So, so like, that's not even a number in the conversation. Yeah. There, there's it, It's a transaction between the artist and first-party sale. And there there that, is no appraiser. Yeah, and in that instance, like the artist is in control of how much whatever is worth. Exactly. And that's usually discussed before she even starts working. A absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, that I'm all in favor for. Yeah. I like the idea of artists of any kind, musicians, like pen and paper, digital artists, whatever. If you classify yourself as an artist, I think you should be able to make money off of doing what you want to do. I think in the, any way you choose to. Yes, I think the idea of buying old art mm -hmm. does not make sense. Especially if, if we're talking about super expensive art, just for the purpose of oh hey, that I had this appraised, so it was it's not cash on my books, but it's an asset I can yeah. sell later. It's like when you look at like the marble busts and marble statues of like Greek and Roman times mm -hmm. and how they're listed in like some of the, like the statue of David mm -hmm. like it's not that it was created it's that it lasted mm -hmm. the reason why stuff like that is so important to the art history and society is because a lot of stuff like that was made at that time mm -hmm. but you know over the course of time things break and things erode down to nothing and, and you know stuff wars. gets lost yeah so it's like why art is why art is so 
expensive, why ancient arts or classic Renaissance arts are so mm-hmm. expensive, is because they lasted. I get that. But I don't think we need to be throwing around millions of dollars to uh, millions of dollars and fuck you money. I can yeah. afford this. I just think that's unnecessary. It, especially because, like, where does it end? Like, y- you get a modern artist and he, he puts a brush to canvas and, oh, hey, now now this single paint stroke is twenty million dollars. What about ancient cave paintings? Yeah. Like, like, is that worth $20 million? Nope. Uh, are we carving out the you rock can't, there? You can't hang that on your wall. Exactly. You can't throw a fancy, you know, you can't throw a fancy soiree and have, you know, Melinda from the, the large development across the way and her six-digit figure husband accidentally spilled wine on your... <laughs> cave pen painting wall <laughs> and then you get to sue them for damages I just I, I don't understand art like I, I understand pretty pictures I, I there are things I want to see that yeah. that I'll pay I'll pay to see but like I know what I enjoy looking at I just I don't I don't understand the exorbitant price tags for a banana duct tape to a wall remember when that was a thing yep I think it just gets to a point where rich people have so much money that they don't know what better way to spend it. I, I don't. We got so many problems in this world that could be solved with just giving people some money, but we're going to spend $12,000 to duct tape a banana to the wall. All right, that makes sense. Sure. Well, you don't get it because you're not an artist. Yeah, all right. Dad just fucking eat the banana while it's still duct taped to the wall. <laughs> now it's worth $35 million. <laughs> In some fucked up world, I'm sure that would be a thing. Yeah. And like, there's just a Polaroid picture photograph of you <laughs> taking the bite out of the banana that is worth nothing. Of, of course, no, no. You making the art is not worth anything. But if you put that in a frame, now it's worth millions. Yeah. After it's been, like, stuck, locked in your attic for, like, yeah. half a decade. Yeah. And then you pull it out, but don't even dust it off. And you're like, <laughs> is this worth anything? And I'm like, yes. So, you say that, and it reminds me of a thing. Um, a friend of mine had uh, soda bottles. Still sealed. Still with soda in them. I think from Woodstock. Ugh. And, like, they wanted to get them, like, laminated or something like that. Yeah. Or, or, like, encased. But keep the ash that was on them. Yeah. So, so like, big fire at Woodstock or whatever. There's smoke in the air or something. Settled on these bottles. Mm-hmm. Wants to preserve that on the bottles. That's... I mean, I get it. You want to capture the entire moment. It just, I yeah, I think I there's a point where it's like, like look at Aladdin's lamp. <laughs> to get the thing to work, you have to like clean the dirt off of it first. Mm-hmm. I think I think pretty things are worth their most when they are in their most pretty state, and human beings just like shiny things. Yeah, I I don't I don't care. I don't care either. I mean, granted, we started this episode off as, oh, look, shiny, but, like, 
I, I don't. It, it's a piece of metal. Who cares? I'm 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 more interested in the lamp for the genie inside, not not just exactly. Yeah. So about the the Zelda movie, there there's a perfect <laughs> cast member there. In, in uh, Zelda Williams, who, who is named for the princess. Yeah. She's done stuff. Has she? She was, uh, you didn't watch it yet, but yeah, she I was. I don't watch a lot of those. She was the bad guy in the fourth season of Legend of Korra. Oh, cool. She's done other stuff. That's just the only example that comes to mind. Yeah, I, I, I should finish. Watch. I should start watching that. I've watched some episodes of Avatar The Last Day I Render. I have not gotten all the way through it. He's gotten, like, ten episodes into season one. I knew it was boomy from the start of the episode. That was a fun episode, It though. was a fun episode. What is my name? What is my name? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, like... The, the lesson came back around. Yeah. Because, like, Aang figured it out on his own. It was like, in every challenge, I had to think outside the box from how I normally would, and then it snapped. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know his name. I just, I know. Yep. What I love right before that is the, I know his name, Rocky. <laughs> because of all the rocks. And Katara's like, that's a good... <laughs> That, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep <laughs> guessing, but that's a good second. The, the, the subtext there, Ang, you fucking idiot. <laughs> You're sounding like Sokka right now. Love Sokka. God, I, I I should watch more of it. It's a good show. It is a good show. Um, I like I like the overlying message of the show. Yeah. And it's not one that like this is it's a have we talked about this on the show not in a format I think that the audience has heard I think we talked about this before that the concept of the show Avatar the Last Airbender it is quite literally a show for all ages mm-hmm. uh, anyone can watch this show and enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is I like shows that yes it's fun and entertaining but they deal with important messages in engaging and and easy to grasp ways yes the overall narrative of the show really at a at a basic point is that corrupting power is bad Hmm. uh and it's it i'm not gonna like spoil anything because you haven't seen it, and I'm sure there are people that haven't seen it. So I, I haven't seen it, but I at least know some of the overarching stuff. Yeah, lines. I'm not going to say anything for the audience's sake, but it's like every nation has good and bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real black and white. Like, the Fire Nation is painted from the beginning as these bad guys, but it's mm-hmm. like not everyone in the Fire Nation is evil. And and I haven't gotten that far yet, but I do know that Zuko gets a redemption arc. He, yeah. he stops being you know, main antagonist villain and starts... That's kind of hard to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as it happened, like, that was a big deal. That's a show you couldn't make today. Yeah, especially Legend of Korra. Yeah. Um, so, I think the writers wanted to do more, but Nick said no. Or, or maybe they didn't ask Nick and they, just went with it. They I, I wanted to do less. 
Really? Uh, Brian Kanetsko and Mike DiMartino wanted to do two seasons of Korra. No, no, no. I mean, I mean like Korra and, and Asami and oh. their, their relationship. They didn't want to do that even. Oh, but... Not I, that they're anti-gay, but it's that was just going to be a nice way to cap off the, fran- the franchise. I, I, I don't know. I... Th- Maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought like they wanted to expand on the relationship. I mean, you're not. Re- <laughs> I, I, could, I could be wrong. You're not really filled into it. Like you have to that, read. That's this, yeah. Yeah, you have to yeah. read the subtext from for, from the get go, and that's only halfway into the season. Yeah. And then nothing's ever said. It's all just it's all subtext. But no, uh, originally they didn't want to do season three and four, Cora. They were gonna be. They were gonna do two. I think they were gonna do one. And then Nick was like. All right, we're giving you another season. They're like, "Oh, all right. Well, I guess we can do more season." That's that's another thing that that goes back to the what we were talking about before. Just making everything about money and, and not about a creative vision anymore. Yeah, um, I still like what they were able to do with it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure it's it's just like Transformers again. Yeah, just, every just... episode you're gonna complain about Transformers. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like corporate greed. But like make something because you want to make it. If it makes you money, great. But don't make something for the express purpose of exploiting an IP for money. Yeah. Don't don't, don't spin off SpongeBob. Like this show. We're not being sponsored by anybody to do this show. Yeah, no, we're not getting paid for this. <laughs> this is just literally this is a this is a platform for us to vent our frustrations and talk about whatever we want. And I this think, is art. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it is. And and I think I think not being sponsored by anyone, not being told what we can and can't say, yeah, is is something a lot of creators don't have. Yeah, and and I think it brings a real authenticity to to what we're saying and how we say things. Yeah, not to not to be confused with. I don't. I don't want to be held down by any, like, agreements with a sponsor that yeah. not, that controls my speech. Right. But it's also, it's not solely a my First Amendment right yeah. thing. It's like, I do fully agree, fully agree and appreciate the strength of the First Amendment. But, I, but freedom of speech does not imply freedom of consequences. Yeah. So it's like, there have been episodes already. This is episode three. <laughs> I have cut out plenty of content from oh, yeah. episodes I, one and two with I stuff that things. maybe we shouldn't talk about because, not because it's inherently wrong, right. but we are a platform that is still small enough that if anyone wanted to make a, a claim of insincerity, that it could probably make us look bad. Yep. I, I don't care if, if people think I look bad. I, I look bad, so, you know, whatever. But, like, I, I don't want to... I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But, like, on the same token, if, if, if something is, is good and, and we enjoy it, like, our opinions on it are genuine. I think people should not be looking for sponsors to satisfy. Yeah. I think people should genuinely want to a sponsor a product yeah, yeah like with me it was dollar shave club yeah and i think that's unfortunately where it started was getting a sponsorship with dollar shave club was easy to do mm-hmm. but they actually have a good product 
I still use, this is not a sponsor. <laughs> I still use my I still have my subscription. I still get the you know I have the executive handle as the four blade uh, blade structure the uh, the heads and the stuff and the Dr. Carver shave butter. It's actually a good product. I'm not being paid by Dollar Shave Club to tell you that. This message has been brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> no, but really, we're, we're not sponsored. I, 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 I shave my face with a rock down by the river. Um. <laughs> you don't even shave your face. Because <laughs> I'm using a rock down by the river. <laughs> I beat my face with a rock down by the river. You've been smoking doobies in a van down by the river. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with it. And I miss Chris Barley. I was going to say that if you didn't. <laughs> Have you ever seen the... the Big the, guy the, in a little car. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, the found, I guess, found footage of him as Shrek? That sounds amazing. <laughs> there's like there's like sport storyboards and like I think it's like six minutes of sound clipping with just like Fantastic. different lines from the movie with him doing it because it was originally DreamWorks originally wanted Farley to be Shrek. Yeah. And then you know he died. Yeah. That that whole era of comedy, uh, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, David Spade—they're they're titans of comedy. And I know Adam Sandler is polarizing for for quite a few people. That's the, exactly the word I would use. Yeah, you, you either love him or hate him. There, there's really no gray area. There are there are movies of him of his that I love and mm. movies of his that I hate. Yep. There is no Adam Sandler movie I think that I can look at it and go, that's eh, all right. I, I don't know. I, I, I remember for, I forget what birthday it was, but we got Big Daddy on pay-per-view, and I watched it like six times in a row. That is one of my, <laughs> this is a good movie movies. 30 packets of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> kind of name is Julian. What do you want to be called? Frankenstein. I can do that. <laughs> They stopped serving breakfast at 1130. <laughs> I don't know. Still to this day. <laughs> breakfast is 10. Breakfast ends at 1030. So I am okay with that. Yeah, I am too. Like, like th there was a push a while back for, for like breakfast all day, every day. And like, I think you're, when you have a company that works on maybe not McDonald's, for example, because they don't have to worry about working on thin margins. Yeah. But with a restaurant of any kind, breakfast is served during breakfast, lunch and dinner are served during lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. Because if you wanted, there are some company, there are some restaurants that break that mold, I guess. But it's like it when you do work on a thin margin. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easier to just like yes you can only get these items during this time of the day well that that's that's not my issue my issue is if you're gonna push for breakfast all day we used to work nights it, it's six yeah. o'clock in the morning i want a burger yeah like, like it's your 5 a.m is my 5 p.m yeah like, exactly. it's dinner time i want a burger i want fries yeah yeah 
and and you know if you want to do breakfast all day great fine whatever i'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that and that's I'm like just... the, the inverse of that also worked because it's exactly like, i'm coming to i'm coming into work for breakfast essentially or lunch it's like yeah. maybe i want french toast i want eggs i want bacon it's like mm-hmm. it's 10 o'clock at night so. yeah we, we, we live in a 24-hour society that people don't seem to realize is a 24-hour society. There are some things I don't think need to be open 24 hours. That's that's fair. Like, I don't think TJ Maxx needs to be open 24 hours. I, I can understand that. On the flip side, I've seen gas stations that close at night. Yeah. like That doesn't like, make what? sense to me. Like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm on this cross-country trip, and, and I scheduled a stop at this gas station, and I'm, I'm completely on E. I have to sit here and wait for 10 hours for them to open again. Yeah, and I wasted all my time. I think that might depend on where you are. That's also true. Because I don't think, I, don't, I think it would almost be criminal to off the highway turn, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And those those little off highway towns are are very nice. Yeah, you know some of them places with with uh, truck stops. Uh, the one up north, not too far, is is has a very nice restaurant. Yeah, uh, I think it's even a way station. Yeah, I, I don't want to say the name of yeah. of the restaurant or, or remember, the town. But. I remember when I was moving <laughs> back up to New York State from North Carolina State. I was I drove like 740 miles. 650 of them I was on Route 81. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like I must have got off at like three different stops to either gas up or eat something. And mm-hmm. it was a 10-hour drive. And I it, honestly I enjoyed the places I stopped at mm-hmm. more than where I was going and more <laughs> than where I was coming from. Maybe I should have just stopped in like Virginia and been like I live here now. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the thing that I guess makes sense, but I, I was a stupid kid and didn't realize the world is bigger than just what I see. Uh, so Cracker Barrel is not just a, a single location. Yeah. They, they, there's a chain all up and down wherever. They're actually who I was thinking of when I was talking about breakfast for dinner. They actually have a, um, a book exchange program. Really? So like you can go in and like grab an audio book and then go about your business on the highway and then stop into another Cracker Barrel location and trade it out for a different That's actually book. awesome. Right? Man, just another reason for me to love Cracker Barrel. <laughs> this episode was not sponsored by Cracker Barrel. <laughs> but their, their shops are so fun, too. Though. Yeah. Like, it's filled with candy it's a, it's and It's a gift shop first. Yeah. Like you walk in before you can even get to the restaurant part like yeah. you have to look at all their cool stuff and and like is even if you don't like southern cooking like it, it's real down home country favorites like yeah this is like the just food. like just like mom used to make yeah yeah i used to get the same thing all yeah. the time i'd get the mama's french toast breakfast and i don't and think i've ever eaten anything else yeah the atmosphere in there is is fantastic as well yeah. like um there's you don't see many places with fireplaces anymore. Yeah. They have the high vaulted ceilings and the the lattice the wooden lattice partitions. And and rocking chairs and, yeah. and old uh, knitted wool blankets. Yep. 
It's like they. It's like. <laughs> it's like they hired the Amish to make the place. I for mean, them. yeah. Yeah. I could argue that's actually <laughs> what's happening. Which, it's like, which isn't to say that's a bad thing. They're not regional either. Like, you could go to a New York City if there was one. Yeah. <laughs> you could go to a you could go to a Cracker Barrel in New York City and then one in Iowa, and they would it's look the same. The same. Building, it's yeah. the same store. And just just all of the the not dollar store toys, but that that kind of chintzy. Oh, you're buying this because yeah. it's in a gift shop, and you never buy it. You play with it while yeah. you're waiting to be called for your table. Yeah, because they have displays for a whole bunch of them, and they're all broken displays because it's like everybody plays with them. Yeah. But that's part of the fun. Yeah, it's like God. This is not sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> but we might be going there after the show. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. So on this episode, we talked about superpowers, movies, Nicolas Cage. There was a lot of Nicolas Cage talk. (laughs) You think Nicolas Cage has ever been to a Cracker Barrel? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's lived in one. (laughs) I live in the ceiling and they never find me. I'm friends with the rats. I want to be the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be the mouse. Sorcerer's Apprentice was a fantastic, stupid movie. <laughs> How? I don't think it's something that should stop because I like the artistic intent. But how do you take a... How long was the original Sorcerer's Apprentice? I don't know. It's a six-minute short. Is that all it was? Yeah. Wow. It was it was the third of like twelve parts of the fa- original Fantasia. I think there was more than twelve. But no, Sorcerer's Apprentice is a Mickey Mouse short yep. where he wears the red robe and the Master Yen Sid's hat, mm-hmm. which is Disney backwards. There are people that don't know, uh, and he makes a broom come to life to do his chores for him. And he falls mm-hmm. asleep, and the brooms flood the place, and the master comes down. And he, Red Seas, all the water out of the place, and Mm -hmm. he kicks Mickey in the butt or something. I don't remember. But, um, so how do you take that? It's very simple. There's no words. All music. Mm -hmm. And make a, how long is that movie? It's feature length, so at least an hour and a half. Yeah, at least 90 minutes. We're going to take a five minutes long clip essentially and stretch it to an hour and a half now it has to have plot and side <laughs> characters and uh but it's got nicholas cage and and uh a faraday cage with music yeah that's that's a thing that i would like to learn more about is is using electricity and and the arcs to create sound waves yeah Electricity is is such a fantastic thing that has has enriched our lives in so many ways. Like, you would not be able to listen to this show. We would not be able to record this show. We would be very different people. Yeah. We would be Amish at at the Cracker Barrel. (laughs) We'd be the Amish people (laughs) building the Cracker Barrel. But, like... just, Just the sheer amount of things you can do with electricity in different ways. Like... 
if you have the know-how, you can build a circuit to do whatever you want. And, and on top of that, with uh, computer science, you can then program these circuits to do even more than what the electricity alone can do. And, and just, it, it is shocking to me, no, no pun intended, just how little that not only myself, but other people know about the things around us in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I've built a few circuits myself. I, I have a, a portable power box that allows me to, to, you know, take mains power off the grid and, and go do things. But, like, it's very simplistic. And obviously it can be designed better. But it is... Just the, the sheer amount of things that people can do just with a little electrical know-how, it, it's unfathomable. Oh, yeah. And I want to learn more. <laughs> no, I think it's... so. That's actually, like, learning about how stuff works. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that science keeps pushing the narrative that, like space is the last place to explore it, it's it's not it's there, not there, there's so much more there's like alaska we don't know what's in alaska we've we settled part of it we bought it from russia settled part of it and we just leave the rest of it alone same thing with northern maine and that's just u.s stuff what about the the ocean that the continent is literally covered the surface with for seven, what seventy four percent surface of the Earth is covered in ocean, something like that. And we only know what's in like eight percent of it. Like, let's explore the deeps. Let's explore. I'm not going down there, which is why I understand <laughs> we'd rather go to space than search our own ocean because that shit's scary. And I get that. All right, so so here's a quote that that I think people should be made aware of. Um, as our circle of knowledge expands, so does the circumference of darkness surrounding it. Albert Einstein. And, and what that's saying is, as we learn more, we learn that there's so much more to learn. Yeah. There, there, there's so much that we don't know, even how much we don't know. Yeah. For every one thing we learn, there's an infinite number of things that we don't know. Yes. And, and as we've said before, never stop learning. It, it just enriches your life so much more than, than you can possibly imagine. This show's going to go on for I don't know how long, but the only good advice we ever gave people <laughs> was episode one where we said don't stop learning. And, and, and you know, put Nick Cage in more movies. Yeah. <laughs> he's contract. I think he's contracted to do contracted. I don't know why I say contracted like he's getting sick. He's, he's shrinking. <laughs> Um, Honey, I shrunk the kids with Nick Cage. <laughs> Honey, I shrunk myself. What is it? He's con- he's uh, contracted to do like six movies a year, I think. I, I don't know. Which it's like he almost has to do them because virtually he has no money. Yeah, he's made some bad investments. He has a very indulgent lifestyle. That too. Yeah. He learned how to act from his pet octopus. <laughs> explains a lot yeah 
Although octopi are, are very intelligent. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I, I don't know. So I just move my lower legs like this. <laughs> well, that's cheating. I don't have eight arms. Well, maybe you should grow some. It, it works so well for Otto Octavius. I'll try doing that. <laughs> I, I I like Doc Ock. Yeah. He's, he's, he's I like nice. Alfred Molina. Yeah. I think that's what made the character work so well. Again, I've not seen the other Spider-Mans, but I think the original Spider-Man trilogy is a fantastic movies. I've seen parts of Spider-Man 3, just not all of it. You saw the parts with evil Peter Parker, I bet. I, 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 don't, I don't remember. I'm I call him evil. I like that Peter is a dick sometimes. Yeah. I mean, read the comics. Yeah. I I mean, even in the movie, I don't see how that's my problem. Yeah. After the the rank announcer or event organizer or whatever says, oh, hey, I'm not giving you money. It's it's not my problem. And then he gets robbed and Peter doesn't stop. I already invested all that money in Slim Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps Bonesaw happy. No, I... Did we talk about this on a previous episode? We're at episode three, and I'm already asking this. Yeah. Um, Th- that's part of why we do these episodes, because we can't remember what we talk about. That's part of it. That's part of it. Welcome to Deviant Tangents, where we do that. Um, no, if you read the Spider-Man comics, like, not the Golden Age Spider-Man, where he was more nerd, but, like, there was a time in between, like, maybe the Silver or Bronze Age Spider-Man, where he was equal parts nerd and equal parts smartass mm-hmm. where it's like yes he's a genius and he delights in the fact that he's a genius he is smarter than you and he knows it <laughs> peter parker is an elf yeah <laughs> if you didn't say it which i knew you would that was that was the direction i was gonna go but it's like yeah the i failed to see it. like i don't get how that's my problem and just yeah. like he, he's always been very sassy. That's why... And I think that makes for a good character Yes, well. that's why the comics of him and Deadpool work so well. Yeah. Because you have Deadpool who's nothing but mouth. Yep. And then you have Peter who has this attitude and has to, like, go toe-to-toe, essentially, with an with a uh with another ego it's face off the superhero comic i can't wait for deadpool 3 and i can't wait for the inevitable crossover with deadpool and spider-man i i just i, I hope it's totally required it's, it's not happen. gonna be but i hope it is i wouldn't mind seeing that like a, a taskmaster movie <laughs> where deadpool has to team up with spider-man to go after him yeah i just i, I can't <laughs> It, it'll be even funnier if, like... So, licensing is an issue with Marvel movies and, and things like that. So, like, I want I want there to be a Deadpool movie where they don't have the rights to use Spider-Man, but they skirt around it using Deadpool movie magic anyway. Yeah. Like, like th- th- this is my friend here, Parker Peters. And, and, you Parker know, he, Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> That's like... Um... I wouldn't put it past, like, the idea of a Deadpool movie where he just, like, all three Spider-Man actors <laughs> are not playing Spider-Man, yep. but are yep. in the movie as and, themselves. And he points them out, yeah. 
They're like, hey, you're the actor that was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I love Deadpool. I like Ryan Reynolds. Yes. I, I still need to watch Free Guy. I uh, I hope it's good. I haven't watched it. It, it I sounds want to like an it. interesting premise. It is an in- interesting premise, and I want to see it, but I don't know how it could be or if it is good. I haven't done any critical review of it, and I haven't seen any reviews of it, but it's yeah. not getting panned, but it's like it's a serviceable movie from what it looks it, like. It, it, it's not hyped up as much as Guns Akimbo is for us, yeah. so we can actually watch this one. <laughs> uh, apparently, a lot of the big hype was the marketing yeah. for, for Free Guy. Because like there were there were a bunch of I'm gonna pull them up because there were finally using the internet uh, there were a bunch of advertisements that like basically featured this movie. As... So I've actually not seen any trailers for it. I think the only image that I've seen for it is is just him walking away from a, from an explosion with a cup yeah. of coffee. I, I think that is my only exposure to the movie at this point. So. There were like eight or so. I'm going to look it up. There were a bunch of posters made for Free Guy. So you had the original one. But then there were a bunch of ones that that paid homage to video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, There we go. Let's see if this this article has like all of them. But there's like a Mario 64 one. That's pretty cool. And Street Fighter. Doom. Doom. (laughs) Vice City. (laughs) This is fantastic. Oh my There's god, a Minecraft one. There's an Among Us one. <laughs> Animal Crossing. Like these are all good. The original Mega Man and NES one. This I was hyped to see this. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely gonna check this movie out. So no, I, I as soon as I saw all those, uh, that was definitely the point for me where I decided I need to watch this movie. Is that all the show is? It's just us being nerds. We complain about stuff we don't like, and we talk about what actors we think are cool. I mean, it's three episodes in. You're just noticing that now. What video games we like (laughs) and what people we would have on our show. And and how insurance companies shouldn't be making choices that your doctor should make. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Between this episode and the next, I'm going to see if I can get Kermit the Frog on the show. Oh, he's... we, we might not have the, the licensing for Kermit, so we might have to get... I'm going to go to I'm gonna go to that Jim Henson Foundation, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, hey, can we borrow Kermit? And they'll probably turn me down, yeah. and I'll have to come up with something. Yeah. we, we Again, we're not sponsored by anyone. We're, we're, we're not making money with the show, so like our budget is kind of limited. So if we're getting special guest stars, we might be getting, you know, bargain basement C D <laughs> bottom of the barrel F list yeah Ben Stiller we're getting Ben Stiller on the show I, I mean I mean we still have a standard to hold ourselves to <laughs> I don't even have a problem with Ben Stiller <laughs> neither do I but that was an easy joke to make we're getting Nick Cage on the show is he the show now <laughs> I want to be the show. Welcome to Deviating Tangents, the show where I own it now. It's just the Croods 3. Nick Cage making noises into them. This podcast, under my rule, will be sponsored by Raid Shadow (laughs) Legends. (laughs) I, I dislike mobile games. 
I dislike grindy, exploitative mobile games, which unfortunately is a large majority of them. The, the, the freemium, time-gated, but if you really want to do anything, you have to shell out tons of cash yeah. to, get, to remove the time-gates. Pay-to-win gotchas. Yeah. So, like, Pokemon Unite is another one of those mobile games. Like, yes, it's on console, but it's designed as a mobile game that has a lot of the the gotcha mechanics you you have to open this random loot box that could have this thing in it but probably not i think that a game that has vanity effect like that yeah sure it's there but i that's one of the things that i like about overwatch for example Mm -hmm. all of the characters have multiple skins Mm -hmm. and the skins are usually there are even like holiday skins and olympics and Chinese New Year and just a bunch of different bunch of different skins but I don't think anything beats their original default skins all of their defaults are the best looking skins in the game I mean I, I can understand that and, and again art is subjective so if people like a certain skin they're gonna like that over default yeah whatever I understand it it's just I don't like if I'm buying a game that should be the end of the transaction yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to be unless you know, DLC comes out for it later. We'll, we'll we'll get to DLC later. Let's talk much later. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if you have a game that came out and it was itself. Let's say let's say that a game comes out and it is all encompassing, <coughs> but then there's demand for a second one, but the creative team doesn't have enough, not resources, but doesn't have enough material to make another game. So. The Witcher 3 and its DLC. I have no problems with that. That was handled fine. Um, I used to be a big World of Warcraft gamer. I have no problem shelling out for an expansion. That's that's fine. My issue comes when there are more things on top of that. The, the microtransactions and especially the, the alternative currencies to, to uh, disconnect you from how much money you're actually spending on these things. Yeah. And, and the, the randomness to these loot boxes that may not be entirely random, and also you can't see the odds of whatever you're trying to get. Yeah. So you have no information going into these things and, and no way of knowing if the odds are actually what they say they are. Yeah. Um, and, and if you look at one of the, the Need for Speed games... Hot Pursuit, maybe? I, I, I forget. But the the random loot box mechanic is an actual slot machine. Yeah. So, so like, how, how can you tell me that these are not gambling when it's a literal slot machine? Yeah. So, in Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, which is a mobile game, which mm-hmm. is awesome, by the way, uh, I think it handles very well. Uh, it's everything I want in a Yu-Gi-Oh! mobile game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get coins, not coins, but like you can get, um, I guess it would be, it's like, it's an in-game currency that lets you buy packs Mm in-game. All of these packs go back to a set, which has a certain number of packs in them. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple copies of different cards, but the super rares and the ultra rares have like obviously there's one of each or less of each because like normals like unrare stuff there's like eight copies of the same thing mm-hmm. and there's only like 
let's say there's only 100 packs in a set. So you can buy one pack which has three cards in it, but it is perfectly random which one you're getting. And when you pull those three cards, they're no longer in the pool of things you can pull from. Okay. So if you so if there so if you get if you just happen to get bad luck and you pulled three normal monsters, three different normal monsters that there's eight <laughs> copies of, mm-hmm. there the next time you go to buy a pack, there are seven of those. So so it's essentially a, a built-in pity timer. Yes. All so right. you can you can exhaust all the resources. That that I can kind of get behind. Um, so that's an interesting design space. Um, I play Magic the Gathering, so I'm no stranger to buying booster packs. I'm I'm a little leery of, of digital booster packs. Again, because they can say the odds are this, they can say it's completely random. Without looking at the code yourself, you have no idea. Yeah. And of course they're not gonna let you look at the code. Yeah, who do you think you are, Dream? <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, well. He admitted it. We can talk about it. He, he's. We don't need to talk about it because I mean it's a, it's a kid that plays Minecraft. He's younger than both of us. He has millions of YouTube subscribers, and overwhelming amounts of success. I just, the, the simplest explanation from the beginning was that he was cheating, and and you know oh well I'm gonna hire this Harvard astrophysicist to do maths for me that to, wants to remain unnamed. Yeah. And, and and he determined I was fucking cheating. So like, fuck, just fuck, man. If you're caught, you're caught. And and even if there's a possibility, oh hey, I did I didn't know I was cheating. Like, if it's a possibility, don't say unequivocally no. I was absolutely not cheating. Yeah. Because now you look like an ass. I I just I, I, I don't know I I. Had it didn't affect him either. Yeah. It, it, it's all about clout. It's about drama. He was trying to make a big deal out of it so that he could just wash his hands of it later when he yeah. officially wanted to retire the, oh, this isn't picking up as much steam as it was. Okay, now I'll come out and say I was cheating. And hopefully that drums up new drama, which bring more people to me. I mean, we're, we're talking about it, so I, I, I don't know. I just... I'm not... A real big fan of speedruns anyway and and i am i love that scene I, I i don't mind it it's just not content for me yeah it's like to know a game really well is one thing yeah but to be able to break a game yeah in such a way i i can understand the technical aspects of it and, and yes that is enjoyable i just i'm not i'm not gonna sit and yeah, watch if someone it's not for stream. you that's yeah. fine if I'm playing Minecraft, it's it's because you know I have I want to build ten a hours uninterrupted. Yeah, so <laughs> I can build a computer. <coughs> uh, I play Minecraft to build a computer that plays Minecraft that builds a computer that plays Minecraft that builds a computer. <laughs> so if, if you're looking to get into um, electrical engineering and, and designing circuits and things, take a look at Minecraft. It's twenty dollars. It in older versions i think you can get for even cheaper but especially look into modded minecraft because they're in minecraft there is redstone and and it's essentially real world electricity it's 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 binary on and off 
Yeah. And, and you know, there's an analog stage. This is a redstone power of 15. This is a redstone power of 4. The, the signal will travel this far, etc., whatever. Pistons, move blocks, blah, blah, blah. Full bridge rectifiers. <laughs> so with modded Minecraft, it ex certain mods expand on redstone to new heights. Um, with with vanilla redstone, you're limited to to how compact you can make your circuits. Whereas with with uh, something like red power, now you have individually colored wires of redstone that can go up walls that that vanilla redstone dust just can't. And and you can make super complex circuits with with just just a few different colors of wire. Yeah. And and send those over the same line with bundled cable and things. One of these days I just want to make <laughs> I just want to make just like sit down with like a wooden box and just make a circuit that does I don't know what. So I've seen some things. This guy has built um, essentially Minecraft blocks in real life that actually function. Hmm. So like he, he made a redstone torch and a redstone lamp and you can put the torch on the lamp and it, it'll light the lamp. Yeah. I just mean like it doesn't even have to be Minecraft. I'm just thinking like like you've seen them. The the box that has a switch that turns itself off when you yeah. turn it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have made that in Minecraft. Of course they have. <laughs> uh, have. Have you seen the the dueling useless machines that turn each other on yeah, and off? Yeah, I haven't. But as but, soon as you said dueling useless <laughs> machines, is it's just a useless machine. So it's got the one lever. It opens up, turns itself back off. Then you put another one next to it with a stick in between the levers. That's funny. So as one pushes one off, the other one turns, turns on, on and turns, turns itself it off. off, turns the other one back on. It's hilarious. I love it. That's like the... Have you ever seen the video of the the world's most dangerous device where it's the automated tentacle that someone taped a knife to? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, I turned it on, but now I don't think I can turn it off. So if anyone would like to come over and try to stop it... I, I love the, the, the stupid things people can do with just a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of, a little bit of hard work. Like the guy who cooked a chicken by slapping it. I love like <laughs> practical science experiments like that. If, if pressure creates heat without frick... If, if Kinetic pressure, energy turns into yes. potential energy, yeah. If, and if you can create heat that way, yeah. can you cook a chicken by slapping it? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I love the, the scientific <laughs> basis of asking a simple question like that and then just going into test. It's like, of course, there are but yeah, strewn yeah. out throughout the entire... You can't just impart all of that force at once. The chicken will explode. <laughs> has to be done over time and you have to get a proper heat and, and, and you have to keep it sustained heat for it just to be technically cooked and safe to yeah. eat the only thing i think that fails at is power efficiency oh yeah it is absolutely not efficient whatsoever 
but otherwise it's a perfectly functioning machine yeah yeah just you know it broke down a couple of times twice <laughs> had to remake it i think he eventually cu- cooked a steak not a chicken. yeah yeah it's, he did both oh yeah. i remember the original tests were chicken yeah and then he's like you know what i don't have to try as hard if i use a steak <laughs> What I love about uh, like like food science is the concept, and it, no one ever has a reason to think of this, but now that I'm saying it, you're going to think of it every time you eat a steak, and it's nothing gross. Uh, the way that the fibrous tissue of meat cuts work, mm-hmm. the inside of a cut of meat is sterile. Mm-hmm. I just, it has never been exposed to air. Nope. So it's just like, I just, I love thinking about things that way that that's why it's relatively safe to eat rare or or you know medium rare or whatever cuts of meat yeah you don't need to turn it into shoe leather you just need to not all of it at least yeah you just need to really just sear the outside really good mm-hmm. and that's it although now, apparently the cooking process makes meats easier to digest yes which is why we still do that, but you can eat most raw meat and be perfectly fine. Yeah. Apparently, that's what our that's part of what our seemingly useless appendix was for. I mean, raw meat is not inherently bad for you. I mean, look at sushi. Yeah. Well, even then, I think because of the oily nature of fish, yeah. that that might aid in the ability to break it down, but. No, apparently. I don't have all the scientific reference on this. But. Yeah, we are not scientists. Do not take anything we say as, yeah. as health advice. And, and this is years ago, so the science may have changed, as it does. But from what I remember, um, it is possible that the reason uh, that our appendix was originally designed to help us break down like things that were just too uh, either starchy or things that were too rough our bodies to handle on its own i I, I don't know how it would do that i think it's also a store of good bacteria that also yeah um so there's a fun fact uh a majority of your body is not your body it is bacteria that lives in and inside you yeah or on and inside you that's like um who was it that said that it was a science youtuber i can't remember who and i don't i have the feeling that looking it up is going to take longer than yeah or you know what? It was Jess and I were watching a TikTok, and it was a it was a doctor. It wasn't even a scientist. It was one of the doctors. Um, where every time you fart, that's not actually your fart. That's the that's the the end process of yeah. of bacteria digesting whatever it was you ate, yep. and then deteriorating. So what you're actually excreting out your backside is the vapor of dead bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it's a secondhand fart. Because <laughs> if it wasn't gross enough before, I'm sorry to anybody watching this, listening to this while they eat lunch. I mean, it's, as long as it's it's a steak that's cooked decently, you're you're fine. As long as it's a steak that was cooked <laughs> by slapping it, you're fine. Oh boy! Now I want a steak. And, and sushi. I've been getting away from steak. I I, I probably eat too much of it. I, I really enjoy it. Like I I love a good. I would prefer <laughs> like a good cheeseburger over a steak. Make a cheeseburger out of the steak. I don't want to spend the money to do that. 
but it's like my all-time favorite meat is gonna be chicken. Like yeah, I eat fair. too much chicken, but it's still my favorite meat, you and can I'll do a lot with. Chicken. Yeah, and I'll eat it until I die. It will always be yeah. my favorite. Oh, well, I'm, when I have the means to, I'm, I'm going to like get high quality cuts of meat and like my own meat grinder and just like make burgers out of the best quality steak I can get. Yeah. And and also um, uh, pastrami. I, I want to make a pastrami burger that yeah. I, I made myself, just just for the sake of doing it. Like smoke, like dry age your own meats and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like like not butcher the cow, but like everything beyond that. I, not because I'm like a masochist by any means, but like. I wouldn't mind doing that, like for the sake of the experience. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to make life, like a life out of it. Like, yeah. I slaughter cows for a living. I don't. I don't think that's for me. But. And and now we're getting calls from Peter again. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> I would do it once for the experience of being like this is how it's done and this is where your meat comes from. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's good to know how things work and and where they come from. Again. There's so much we don't know about the world around us. Yeah. And how, like, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. That, like, because, like, meat meat butchering can is, like, holds hands with the invention of high heel shoes. Mm-hmm. A lot, that, of people, a lot of people wouldn't think that. So that that's a thing that is, is nowadays attributed to women, but back in the day was was meant for these male butchers to, to walk on these floors without getting their feet covered in blood. Yeah. And viscera and chunks. Yeah. It wasn't even necessarily made for men. It's just men happened to be butchers. I mean, back in the day, it was a very patriarchal society. Yes. But it's like if you had a family of butchers... Yeah. ...and the wife could also do the butchering... Yeah. But yeah, in case you didn't know that, high-heeled shoes were made for butchers, so they didn't step in blood. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, high heel shoes shed blood walking down the runways of fashion yeah. estates, and you got those high standing stilettos that break. Break your toes as you even wear them. I don't. I don't understand the point. I don't understand why society. I don't understand fashion. I don't understand why society puts such a large like. There's such an extreme label on what is good looking mm-hmm. some parts of you need to be dainty and small but other parts of you need to be large and bold yeah like, like lady demetrescu you know she she's got to be seven feet tall and have you know m cups but she's got a little bitty size zero waist because she's reasons. pretty she's pretty thick with two c's what what yeah, so her waist is small, but then, you know, she got the dump truck. Well, it's just... not even... it's That is... <laughs> if, if she wasn't nine and a half feet tall, that I would honestly say... I think the, I think the bust is a little large. Uh, but I would say that that is a believable maybe I body size. But it's like she... Does, and she's a, like a vampire also. Yeah. So it's like... Why? It's her superpower. Fashion to <laughs> fashion to video games to anatomically correct body sizes. Uh, like <laughs> welcome she, the deviating tangents. Where we do that. 
Um, like, if you look at her face, she doesn't have, like, a thin face. Yeah. She has a very round face. She has kind of a stocky neck. She ha- she doesn't have a dainty nose, either. Like, this is stuff that I notice. I have not played the game, so... But it's like, by conventional standards, yeah. I wouldn't say that society would think of her as hot. If anyone does think of her as hot, it's because she's nine and a half feet tall and exudes big mommy step-on-me energy. <laughs> So someone that I used to know, somebody. Oh, God, I hate that song. So I, I, I don't have a reason to hate that song. I hate that song. Yeah, I, I, my head canon is you hate that song because you love it. No, and he no. didn't, and he'd never released another single. So you're mad. No, so like <laughs> seriously, whenever the song comes on the radio, because apparently it still comes on the radio sometimes, I'll turn the radio off. It's a good song. All right. What's wrong with it? I, I, I don't. I, I think it's the... It's a classic, like Fireflies by Oh, Owl my City. God. So that's funny for a reason that no one's good. You, you know what? If you said that, you know who you are, 50 bonus points. You, you're not going to remember. I'll tell you, the story. He's not even listening to this yeah, show. No, no, no. I'll tell the story. <laughs> we, used to work with a, we used to work with a kid who... I mean, the time that he spent on our team... He never worked with us directly, but, like, on yeah. our shift. Yeah. He seemed to be, like, pretty, like, capable of, like, handling his job and stuff. But he yeah. was a kid, so, like, he kind of dicked around a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was a job where that was... Where that you, was... You needed that. Exactly. Uh, he just happened to be working in the same area as us one night, and Fireflies by Owl City comes on the radio. Good song. Good song. And... He just, he's in another aisle. We're not even working on the same aisle as yeah, him. We're like yeah. the next one over and he can hear us talking. And Owl, uh, Fireflies comes on and goes, man, this song's a classic. And we're like, excuse us? We're, we're, we're talking like classic Beatles, classic Queen. Yeah, like putting and, it up there with like. Fireflies. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Hate Jude, uh, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Ugh. Fireflies. <laughs> I, I do miss fireflies though, like like not 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 the song, but like the actual bugs, because like I haven't seen them in a very long time. Yeah, we get them around here. I guess. Well, you didn't leave your leave your room all summer. I mean, that's your fault. It's, I, 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 I go out at night. I do things. I'm hip. I'm with it. But then they changed what it was. <laughs> It'll happen to you. We wore an onion on our left side because that was the fashion, fashion at the time. time. <laughs> oh, God, we are Grandpa Simpson now, aren't we? Son of a bitch. Old man yells at a cloud. Oh, <laughs> uh, but there, there was a tangent I wanted to take, and then the train kept going. <laughs> and I don't remember. If you can think about it, we can uh, handle that <laughs> next time on... Episode, what will be episode four of the Deviating Tangents podcast. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, I figured I'd give you guys a little bit longer of an episode, seeing as we missed last week. So, yeah. Hopefully, making up for lost time a little tiny bit. So, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, there better be an episode <laughs> next week. If not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise some cane. That, that sounds like something we should award bonus points for because yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I think that's just like an age demographic thing. Well, even so, but we're bad at outros. Bye. <laughs>
Oh, look, shiny. 